Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. That's right, it is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Want to remind you about our good friends at Ken Garf West Valley Ram. Get a new Ram truck with less with employee pricing plus when you stop by during their Black Friday sales event. Visit them today. Uh, some quick news real quick here, Gordon, and we're uh, then we'll get to Ben Anderson of KSL Sports. But Dennis Dodd reporting, Pac-12 officials will work the college football playoff championship game. Oh, will they? Is it, who thought that was a good idea? I don't know, but get ready for brace yourself some for some uh, really poor officiating in the final game. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't want to throw a blanket over all of them, but but they all stink. But, yeah, they're all really bad. Are they all? Yeah, they're they're all bad. Look, just horrible officials. Hold on, let me check in, with Woody across, Dixon on across that one. multiple sports. Yeah, it's, there seems to be a bit of a track record there. And odds are, you know, they're going to have money on the game. So, <laughs> is Tim Donahue going to be involved? Figure out which way the wind's blowing and, mm. and then get on that action. Get out there to Wendover. And, <laughs> uh, because you know they're going to be looking to steer it one way or another. What did that guy over there with the whistle, what did, which way did he bet? <laughs> which way did he go? Call me a bum, call me an idiot, call me stupid, but don't call me a Pac-12 official. Wow, you said that once? That sounded a tad bit doctored to me. I but, promise uh, it's not. I, could... I know it sounds that way. I promise it's not. <laughs> All right, let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Lease any uh, iPhone, or excuse me, lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung tab for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, of course, he writes for kslsports.com. He also hangs out with me on the jazz pre, half, and post-game shows. He is our good friend Ben Anderson. What's up, Ben? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. How'd it go? Uh, it was excellent. How was your guys'? Oh, wonderful. Could not have been better. A lot better than Austin's. Uh, Austin's <laughs> was, was a little rough. His house mm-hmm. got sick. But did did you know uh, this about Ben, that he's a he's a big Christmas guy? He's he's into Good. it? Good. See, I like that. I appreciate that. That tells me a lot about Ben, as opposed to you, who go, you just scrape by a, a, at the, the the lowest minimum you can find. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Ben's into we, it. He's, he, we, need he's, you, you, we need to send a few ghosts. We need to send some ghosts to uh, Jake's house. Three of them. Ben, Three of are them. you the guy? Are you the guy that goes out and buys like five trees and you got lights all over and all that stuff? I've got a lot of lights, and yeah, I get the tree up early. So I think you know, life is hard. Celebrate it every once in a while. It's okay to have fun. So my next question for you is, Ben, how is how is Jake treating you on on the pre half and post? I, you know, he's kind of kind of difficult to work with at times. Oh, and I just really? wonder if you how you're holding on. Jake right, makes right, my life you know. very easy. You guys are uh, familiar with some of my old people I've worked with, and Jake makes my life very easy. But I've loved everyone I've ever worked with. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Yeah, Thanks. Jake. Jake that means Jake's, a lot. Jake's a pro. We have a lot of fun, and Ben has been just a, a tremendous addition to the crew this year, and it's it's been a lot of fun. As you know, we we uh, Gordon doing the pre and post. You, you spend a lot of time. You hang yeah, out you with the, hang out uh, a lot, and but, it's it's been fun. Ben, one question, another question for you. Uh, how did you develop your passion for basketball? You know what? I mean, I, I did grow up in the in, in the state, and I've always been a jazz fan. So, uh, I mean, I think that was natural. And then I, I was lucky to be at a point where, when the internet started getting popular, and 
And I was kind of coming to that age where I could start to develop my own voice on the Internet. It was right after Stockton and Malone had left the team. And I think there was just a real interest in a small kind of niche level of basketball fans locally that wanted more information than was being provided in kind of traditional sources at that time. So I found message boards and I I found social media and and I realized there was a a niche for that. And I started, you know, using my voice there and writing and tweeting. and And I realized it was something I liked. I think that's really what hooked me, but I think it was more the community than it was the sport itself. Ben Anderson with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, ben, let's talk a little bit about the trade and what we saw on the floor uh, last night. Your thoughts uh, overall about Exa, out goes Exum, in comes Clarkson, and what you, uh, what you think of what you saw last night? It, it, what Last night specifically I thought was good, and I actually liked what Quinn Snyder said after the game, was that when you saw Jordan Clarkson on the floor, he looked hungry. And I, I don't know about you guys, but watching the second unit sometimes so far this season – it seemed like so often they would be looking at one another to do something until eventually Emmanuel Moutier would end up with the ball with eight seconds left in the shot clock, would have to back the ball out and then try and attack and, and hit a mid-range shot. And it just didn't have an identity. And Jordan Clarkson comes in and immediately attacks the rim, looks for three-point shots, looks to get open. I, I think you need that. I, I don't think the Jazz, because of the way their, their, finances, uh, their finances are set up, and how much money they have in the starting lineup are ever going to have the best bench in the NBA. They just don't have the money to do it. But you should at least know what you're trying to accomplish. And I think making the moves they did and getting a guy like Jordan Clarkson who says, you know what, I'm going to come in and I'm going to give you double digits off the bench every night and I'm going to be the guy you go to, I think that will help everybody else. I think that will give them a sense of what the goal is every possession down the floor. And I think one of the reasons why that unit's been so turnover-prone and just poor-performing is because they didn't know what they were trying to do as a group. You mentioned an interesting word there, identity. Has the team as a whole come to what its identity either should be or will be? Yes, in the sense that I think they're recognizing they're a three-point shooting team. And I think that's really weird for Jazz fans to watch because, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys notice it either either from callers or on social media. A lot of hand-wringing from Jazz fans for a team that's seven games over 500 and three games back of being the number two seed. It seems like there's this, this, this lack of comfort or discomfort as a fan right now watching this basketball team. And I would bet the majority of it is they're winning games, and it looks different than the way they used to win games, where last year, two years ago, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert, they would slow everything down to a halt. Jazz would get a ton of stops when they needed it, and they would score enough to win games. But because they were uh, not allowing baskets, there wasn't this huge variance in scores. Like we saw last night where the Jazz were up 20, and within seven minutes it was a one-point game. When you're a three-point shooting team, and that's what you rely on, Joe Ingles in the first quarter is going to hit five threes, and you're going to be up by 18 points. And then you're also going to give up threes because you move fast, you run fast, and Donovan Mitchell misses a couple in the fourth quarter, and those feel like empty possessions. And then again, late in the game, you get a boy on Bogdanovich three in the corner, and you win because of that. I do think just the way it looks is different, and that's made Jazz fans uncomfortable, and it will take a few months before they get used to it. But the identity is the Jazz are a three-point shooting team that has to continue to get better at getting stops. Ben Anderson with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Follow him on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. And, uh, Ben, I, I have been a fan of the concept – of bringing Joe Ingles off the bench and starting Royce O'Neal. I still like the concept of, I of that. I like but, it the other way. But 
it, it's it's becoming obvious that Joe Joe Ingles is is playing so much better in the starting lineup for whatever reason, and, and we can probably get into that the subject alone at, at great length. But I feel like adding Jordan Clarkson actually takes some pressure off Royce O'Neal coming off the bench because he doesn't have to be a playmaker and actually ensures the Jazz that they're going to keep Joe Ingles in the starting lineup. My theory is that Quinn Snyder wants to have two playmakers on the bench. And you can count Emmanuel Moutier as that guy, or you can count Donovan Mitchell as that guy who's been playing kind of with the ball in hand in the second unit. And when the season started, Joe Ingles was going to be that other guy and was going to really help kind of run the offense. And you thought, okay, that's going to be great. You've got your two playmakers. That's what you're looking for. But then if you're in a spot after that where you got injured and Mike Conley was hurt, you don't really have that opportunity to do it anymore. And when Mike Conley was hurt, you were starting to have to really kind of you, – you, you, you had a lack of playmaking, I should say, in, in that second unit because you, you just didn't have enough bodies to play there. So now by going out and getting Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson goes to the bench. He's a full-time playmaker. Emmanuel Moutier is that other full-time playmaker. That does, like Jake said, allow Royce O'Neal to go to the bench. Joe Ingles can be in the starting lineup. Maybe Joe's not as good a playmaker as we thought he was, and he's a better, you know – secondary, third option, mostly as a shooter who can make some passes out of that. And I think maybe that's what we've seen over the last couple of weeks that's been so successful. Uh, Here's a a brilliant piece of analysis. Joe Ingles is better with better players. And uh, he he helps take advantage of those situations. And and I think that's obvious when you watch him play with the front-line guys. He, last night was terrific from a, a standpoint of what he was contributing at the offensive end. However, I understand what Jake is saying too, Ben, that there are times when even though Joe is not a bad defender, he's he, he gave up a few points uh, last night at the other end. You know, Gordon, I, I think this is pretty obvious because games finish 120 to 117. They don't finish 18 to 12. NBA offenses are better than NBA defenses. And there's only so many things NBA defenses can take away. So once you get down to that fourth and fifth guy in your starting five or in your unit, if that guy can score and really score, you're just going to blow teams out, which is what I think the Golden State Warriors did for the last five years. Because their fifth guy would be Clay Thompson at times. You know, Their fifth guy would be somebody who can absolutely light you up. And I think that's where the Jazz are when Joe Ingles is in that starting lineup where you're trying to take Rudy's lob away as the first option. And then you're trying to take away Donovan Mitchell's ability to get to the rim and finish there. And then your third option right now is probably Boyan Bogdanovich because he averages 21 points a game. Okay, so if your fourth option is Mike Conley or Joe Ingles, who are extremely good offensive players in the NBA, you're going to have nights where Joe goes off for 27 like he did against Miami and what was it, 25 last night or 26 last night. When he's your fourth and fifth option and you just simply can't scheme a defense good enough to take away every option a team has, those guys are going to go off. And that's why Royce O'Neal did look so good in the starting lineup and was shooting 50% from the three-point line. But if that's where you're getting to, like you're saying, Gordon, Joe's probably just better at that spot. No, he's not as good a defensive player, but he's a much better offensive player. And he's coming out, and he's giving you all those points, and he's giving you these huge performances. And you're right, Joe's better with better players, and I think it's probably more beneficial to keep him in the starting lineup than it is Royce O'Neal. Ben Anderson is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, the Jazz also signed Ray John Tucker from the G League, and I think his opportunity will come. He will get a chance to play. But I don't know if you saw this last night, if, if either of you did, but he and Donovan Mitchell in the layup line had a bit of a bit of a dunk-off. 
Uh, ben, this this young guy is a special athlete. I mean, he he has all the the athletic ability. Uh, Tim Lacombe, and a little loose with the comparison, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but t- there's a little John Morant there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. As far as athleticism and, and, and his size, I think that's a very accurate uh, comparison. It's funny, we, we talked about that dunk contest that they had in high school in Indiana that, you know, was the national dunk contest. And, and I, you would have assumed that, oh, Donovan Mitchell, who's now won an NBA dunk contest, would have won it. And he didn't. You, you hear that he was competing against Rajon Tucker, and you assume he won it. No, actually, the guy who won it is Derek Jones, who's in Miami, who had that big dunk on Rudy Gobert Monday night. And that's basically all he does is dunk the basketball. So it was a uniquely strong high school class of dunkers that at that point. And Donovan said yesterday at shoot-around that uh, Rajon Tucker's absolutely a better dunker than he is. I mean, he's a much better jumper than, uh, than Donovan is. So I think you will see that if he can get on the floor. And maybe at the very least you can put him in a spot where he has an opportunity to get to the dunk contest just by playing him off Ben... How good can Donovan Mitchell be, and how consistent can he be? Can he be a superstar, and do the Jazz need him to be that in order to reach their goals? I, I think he needs to be as good as he was last night. Not every night, but when the Jazz need him to be that good, he needs to get there. And it, it goes back to this interesting conversation where last January, Ricky Rubio was hurt, and Howell Neto was hurt, and Dante Exum was hurt. And Donovan Mitchell ended up going for, you know, averaging almost 30 points a game. And the Jazz went on this big tear of wins in January. He was playing point guard. Well, Mike Conley gets hurt. Donovan Mitchell moves back to the point guard position. He's given you 30-point games in four of your last 10 outings. He's averaging five assists a game. And the Jazz are winning all these games. Now, it's lesser competition. But it begs the question, two seasons in a row, when Donovan Mitchell's been playing point guard, the Jazz are winning games and he's putting up 30 points. Superstars score 30 points. There's just not a bad 30-point score in NBA history. And that's what Donovan Mitchell is doing when he's playing point guard. And that's going to continue to be a question that pops up for the Jazz. And, yes, he can be a superstar. And, yes, he does it enough that I think he's knocking on that door of thinking he's doing it consistently of being a top 15 player in the NBA and then maybe getting into top 10. It's really easy to forget he's played 200 NBA games. I mean, (laughs) he's two and a half seasons in now to his career, and he's playing this well. It's really incredible how good he is, and it's a great sign for the Jazz. And I think, you know, he's probably still three or four years away from really entering his prime, and that's that's great news for Jazz fans because he will continue to get better. I think he's gotten better this season from last year. The Jazz will take on the Raptors tomorrow night in L.A. The game will tip off at 8.30. Pre-game begins at 7.30. Uh, Tim Lacombe is going to do the game uh, with me tomorrow night. And, and curious, Gordon, the, the hip guy the young hip guy ben anderson somehow doesn't get the 830 tip on a saturday you know coincidence hmm. the old married <laughs> guys get the 830 tip on a saturday but ben what are you uh what are you expecting tomorrow night against the clippers this is going to be a, a really tough game this is tough but i think the jazz are playing well and, and again having joe ingles in the starting lineup playing as well as he is should give the jazz an opportunity to win every game every night throughout the nba season that doesn't mean you're going to win everyone but I think you've got a good opportunity, too. And, and the Clippers are susceptible. You know, I mean, they're very good. And we watched them on Christmas beat the Lakers and come from behind. We know they're going to be in the conversation at the end of the season as one of the best teams and one of the favorites to win it all. But any given night in the middle of the year, as good as this Jazz team is playing right now with or with or without Mike Conley, uh, I think the Jazz should be in this game. And, and they almost beat the Clippers once this year. I know that was without Paul George, but this Jazz team was not playing as well then as they are right now. So, 
go steal a game at, at Los Angeles. You know, there's no reason not to with the way you're playing right now and as hot shooting as Joe Ingles is and as good as Donovan Mitchell can be, like we said, when he's playing point guard and Rudy Gobert looks like a defensive player of the year again. Go out there and keep this game close. I think that would show incredible growth from where this team was two weeks ago when the Lakers, or I should say three weeks ago when the Lakers came in and blew them out, and they were down by 40 points on the road at Toronto. Go in, show that you know, you're not just beating bad teams. You can hang with the best, and I think they can do that again uh, coming up this weekend. Do you think that that uh, mental aspect, that confidence aspect to this team is – are they in need in that regard? Uh, because they talk a good game after games. You hear them speak that, yeah, we know what we're capable of doing and all this sort of thing. Do they really, Ben? I think a win, like if they could win the game tomorrow night, would certainly underline some of what they're saying or give some, some meaning to what they're saying. Because you're right, they're saying the right things, they believe the right things, and you weren't always getting the good performances. Now, the growth is there because their high-level play is coming more consistently than it was even three weeks ago or a month ago. They're having three quarters of really good play as opposed to two quarters or just one quarter. They still need to get up to 48 minutes of really good basketball. And I don't know if in 32 games or whatever they played this year, if we've seen 48 minutes of really good basketball in one game. That's what you need to beat the Clippers on the road. That's what you need to beat Miami on the road. And they didn't do it in Miami. They did 36 minutes, and then they were bad in the fourth quarter, and they lost. So you need to do that. And I think if you can beat a team like the Clippers or, or beat a high-level playoff team, especially on the road, then those guys start to believe it. And, and you know, I, I, I think these young players, and we should recognize how young the Jazz are still for the most part. The guys that are getting a lot of minutes are Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, who are still trying to figure out how to be stars on the floor. Winning those games helps you believe the things you're saying. And I think that's going to be really important for the Jazz for the rest of the season. Ben Anderson, follow him on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. Follow his work at kslsports.com. And Ben's writing about all these games and doing a terrific job. And, of course, catch him on the pre-half and post-game jazz coverage all season long. Ben, can't thank you enough. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll uh, catch you next week. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week, guys. Thanks. See you, buddy. Good stuff. No, Ben's great. Yeah, yeah, he's he's terrific, and uh, he's he's doing fine work for us. He has a, a unique way of looking at the game and explaining and breaking down, and he's been he's been terrific this year. I think this evolution that we're seeing with this team is most fascinating to watch. I I don't know where they're going to end up. I don't know whether they are going to be one of those elite teams at the end of the year. A lot of people have sort of counted them out because. They haven't been playing at the same level as the Lakers and the Clippers and the Bucks, But, you know, maybe maybe they can climb in that direction. Oh, they certainly can climb in that direction. And keep in mind, Ben's totally right. You know, people are getting a little bent out of shape. The Jazz are still seven games above five hundred. I mean, yeah. think of where they've been over the past couple of seasons. Think of where they were two years ago, where they were nine games below five hundred. Four or five games better than they were a year ago? They are. I mean, yeah. I think they can do better than what they've done thus far. And they've got some opportunities against some of the teams coming up to get more victories. So we'll see what the winning percentage is over the next month. All right, come on in. We're at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. They also have their Orem location, of course, 86 East University Parkway. And our good friend Race joins us once again. And I tell you what, Race, you're you're doing your job. You're you're well, you're going to make Tom angry today. There's a lot of people walking in and buying stuff. So <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> hey, uh, the end of the year means two things to me: college bowl time, 
Of course. Indeed. And also the end of the season games for the NFL, which are always exciting. It's time to get rid of your old recliner, you guys. Come in and pick out a new rocker recliner. We've got both manual and power ones. You ever had a power recliner? I haven't. Oh, they I are great. Either. Just push that button and you recline back and your feet come up. Pretty sweet. Yeah, Ray, Ray looks like a guy who would appreciate a fine recliner. Absolutely. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. But we also cool. have, for guys my size, the cave side recliners, <laughs> like right over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're for the big sports fans. <laughs> okay. We have those here. So come on by and try them out. Our recliners start at one ninety nine today. Wow. I've got quite a few to choose from. And we'll even remove your old recliner if you have us deliver it to you. So usually they charge extra for that. If you want something bigger than a recliner, remember we have reclining sofas. And if you know the name Klossner, that's one of the best manufacturers in the United States. We've got that on sale here. Tom has advertised this quite a bit in the past. We've got a few left down the street at the big box store. They want twelve ninety nine for it. Next two days, Salt Lake and Orem stores. I'm going to sell them for three ninety nine. We've sat in those. Yeah, those are nice. They, they are, are great. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I only have a few left, but come on by. That is a great way to watch the next game football. Golf, if you want, if you fish, watch TV programs like that, any sports, it is a great way to watch it. If you spill something on it, it cleans up with dish soap and water. It's really easy to take care of. It's going to last a long, long time for you. Boom. 1967 South, 300 West. Come on by or 86 East University Parkway in Orem. You still have a couple more items you want to knock off the list? How yes. We, how are we looking over there? Yeah. All right. Uh, stay tuned. Brian Russell will be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, you can come by and see us. We have Stars tickets to give away, Jazz gear. Uh, we'll have more for you straight ahead here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow mojo. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. Have you found, Joe, as you've traveled now, that you've had people come up to you and have these misconceptions about playing in Salt Lake City and maybe Utah in general, and you got to set them straight? Oh, absolutely. Even on the court, guys are like, how do you live here? Or like little comments. And I think anyone that actually gets here and spends time here, you would learn how cool a place it is. I know for me and Renee and the kids, we absolutely love it. No, I think any player that actually got here would realize how much they would like it when they actually got here and spent some time here. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Why do I do just as you say? Why must I just give you your way? Why Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Drop on by and see us. Big, big, big thanks to the listeners that have already come by. We get such a nice response when we're down here at the, the warehouse, and we really, really appreciate it. Again, 1967 South, 300 West. Also want to remind you about our friends at Syringa. 
Verizon or XO customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks, Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call today, 385-420-8221. The number again, 385-420-8221, Syringa Networks. It is Friday, which means we uh, try to get through Gordon's list, and I understand we have an item or two left to go. Yeah, we've got a few on here. Uh, I uh, mentioned this earlier, I teased it. Islanders winger Anthony, how do you say his name? Is it Beauvillier or something? Sure. Anyway, he plays for the New York Islanders. He saw Pitch Perfect during the holidays, and apparently he was attracted to Anna Kendrick. Okay. Why? And and maybe you would be attracted to Anna Kendrick. Maybe Austin would be attracted to Anna Kendrick. Uh, maybe I would be attracted to Anna Kendrick. But Anthony tweeted something out to Anna. And apparently Anna saw it. And a bunch of his fans are now tweeting things at Anna about what a great guy Anthony is and all this now. He's uh, everything short of a superhero. Over-the-top stuff, you know, wingman-type stuff. And uh, Kendrick seems to be responding. Oh, yeah? Yes. She said she was greatly entertained by all the tweets that were coming her way. And I don't know if this is a budding uh, romance, kind of like Bert with... with, uh, do we? We better not name her. Are we naming her on the air, Bert? Let's, let's not. Know. Let's not do. Okay. That. Okay. She's, uh, what do but, you want? What do you want to call her? Uh, Susie. Susie. She she feels more like a. She's like sixty eight. <laughs> anyway, the point is, how does this happen? I mean, is it because he plays in the NHL? Is it because he's a star athlete that he gets access, that he can get the attention of Anna freaking Kendrick? Well, I mean, when you have all your fans tweeting at her, she probably notices. I mean, isn't that the, you know, honestly, isn't that the magic of Twitter? Is that you can you can tweet at uh, a world famous celebrity like Tony Parks, and you can <laughs> yes. you can call him all the names in the book, and there's at least a somewhat percent chance that that world famous person is going to see that and might respond to uh, it. I may respond to it, may not, but I mean, can you imagine back in you know like the '90s, who who you was, write him a letter? Who was the biggest celebrity in the '90s? Uh, probably Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. There's no way. That you could ever get your message across to Michael Jordan and expect him to actually receive it, right? You don't have his number. You don't know where he lives. You know, what? how are you going to do that? With social media, there's a chance. You could say that Michael <laughs> Jordan was the most overrated basketball player in the world and tag him on there. And there's, there's a chance that he's actually going to read that. You have unprecedented access to anyone in the world, which is, which is pretty wild to think about. Let's well, let me stop. Uh, is was Michael Jordan the biggest star of the nineties? Biggest celebrity what, was Brad Pitt or George Clooney big back then? Uh, I suppose so. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyway, well, the nineties that would have been Clooney's like ER run, right? Oh, I guess he got into the movies. He was there in, in the I late think he was in the movies before that. Yeah, I just thought that was that was kind of funny that someone can contact somebody that way. Jake Lamar Jackson. Uh, gifted for Christmas all of his offensive linemen 
Rolexes. That's pretty cool. That is a smart, smart quarterback. Rolexes aren't cheap. I don't know if the last time you went shopping for a Rolex, I mean, you could spend anywhere from seven to $700,000 on a Rolex. Well, plus he's still on his rookie deal, right? So it's not like he's making zillions. No, that's a that's a good move. Well, you hear about quarterbacks buying dinner for their offensive linemen, all this Rolexes. I mean, he knows where his bread is buttered. Well, I mean, he depends on on those guys so much, and they, you know, it's just not a glamorous position. You know, it's not you're not um, reinforced with praise often when you're an offensive lineman. So, yeah, smart move on his part. I thought so as well. However, someone in the Baltimore Sun, the newspaper back there, ripped him saying that Jackson should have uh, donated that money to charity. Oh, give me a break. Come on. So he gave a nice gift to his friends. Stop being so judgy. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Plus, does he? I don't know what Lamar Jackson does for charity work. I, maybe he does a ton behind yeah. the scenes that we don't know about. Yeah, Come exactly. On, give, me a, give me a break. Exactly. I, I hate that crap. I thought that as well. Mississippi State quarterback Garrett Schrader was uh, supposed to start uh, – the Bulldogs' bowl game, uh, but then a defensive teammate, Willie Gay, punched him and broke his orbital bone, and he will not be starting now. Wow, that's that's what uh, that's what happened with uh, what's his name? Um, uh, well, it's happened twice. Bill Romanowski did that in a in Raiders training camp where he oh that's right when he uh, I thought Bill just spit in people's faces. No, and he stuff. punched a teammate and collapsed his or- orbital bone, and I believe that teammate didn't play ever again uh, because they were a borderline NFL player, and then the team wow. moved on. I could be wrong about that. I, I'd have to look it up. But then that's also what happened with uh, Nikola Mirotic and Bobby Portis. Remember that a few years that, ago that with, is the, right. with the Chicago Bulls where uh-huh. Bobby Portis uh, punched Mirotic in the face and broke his orbital bone? So, so when you have teammates, obviously these are physical sports, but when you have teammates who actually fight one another – and somebody gets injured. What do you do with that? In, in the case of Portis, he was he he, he was uh, sent packing. No, they kept Portis. Oh, that's they, right. They sent Miritich. But what, what was that? Is that okay too? <laughs> and he interesting, you know, typical Bulls. Portis eventually didn't work out either. But yeah, they kept the they kept the guy that punched the other guy. Well, what do you do if you're if you're the guy. coach? What do you do? I mean, this guy just punched the starting quarterback, and now he's not going to play, or at least not going to start. I don't know. I saw a picture of him, and his face was fairly swollen. You know, for a guy that is so pro fist fighting, I'm surprised you're you're being so judgmental. Uh, no, wait a minute. I am not pro fist fighting. All I said was that fighting in hockey at times was necessary, called for. Well, maybe this was necessary in practice. Huh? Maybe he's blowing off some steam. Maybe, maybe by by breaking this dude's orbital bone, he didn't, uh, you know, uh, end somebody's career with a high low. Really? Yes, really. I think this is a complicated situation for a coach to have to deal with. What do you do? I mean, these guys are obviously competitive. They're aggressive. 
They're getting after it out there, but you've got to draw that line somewhere. Uh-huh. In in all sports. <laughs> no, because in hockey, it's impossible for the officials to see all the high-sticking that goes on. Possible and for th- officials and this to way, see all the stuff in football. Yeah, yeah, but this way they're not going to use bring those sticks up high because they know they're going to pay the price if they do. So it actually cleans the sport up. Well, it, doesn't, maybe- it doesn't sully it the way you were... Saying it does, it does, which is kind of ironic. I mean, I know this is sort of twisted thinking, but you have to rearrange the way you view things in order to fully grasp it and put it in, it, okay, put it so, in its place. So let me let me get this. Uh, let me get your opinion straight. Just simplify it okay. here for a second. Mm-hmm. Fist fighting bad unless you're a hockey player. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Okay. All right. Very consistent. Well, the two sports where I see that fist fighting would be appropriate would be in hockey and in boxing, boxing. and maybe in MMA. Boxing has rules and gloves, and MMA has rules and these things designed for safety. You know, to make it more of a sport as opposed to just a brawl. Yeah, but even like in boxing, you say there are rules, but what if the referee, what if somebody was out there low-blowing somebody over and over again and the ref wasn't seeing it? You know, I mean, you've got to have something in place to discourage that kind of behavior. So, I mean, I see that sometimes through the years, and I've watched boxing since the 60s. And when I see a fighter pop another fighter right in the in the you know down uh, down on the street level, it, I, you just can't do that. So so maybe and let me follow your hockey logic a little bit here. <laughs> so maybe if 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 they just paused the boxing matches and had them take off the gloves and fist fight each other, there would be no <laughs> low blows in boxing. <laughs> Because they'd be blowing help. off the steam with with the fist fighting, and then maybe we'd have them have them actually box within the rules. Well, I would say it. I would make it very simple. Uh, if one fighter, if one boxer low blows another boxer, then the the opponent then gets a free shot back at the other guy with no glove. No, I mean you can leave the glove on. No, they don't in hockey. Well, I know, but see, see, Jake, hockey, I guess you have to have played the sport to understand. Oh, here we go. <laughs> wow. I've been waiting. Wow. I've been waiting my entire career to say that. Wow. Because I've heard it so many times. I am from now other... instantly going to disregard anything <laughs> right. that you say. But, I mean, the, the sticks come up. Yeah. They come up, and you can't have a stick around your neck. You just can't, and, and that's what that's what dissuades it more than anything else is knowing that if you do that, if if uh, if you have a, a score, a skilled center on the ice, and you have some bully on the other team who's whacking him with his stick or smashing his hands and his arms, then he knows that the that the uh, that uh, you know the protector is going to come over and, and make you pay for it. So you're yeah. not going to do it. You know that's what the penalty box is for, right? Yeah, you know, but you know they, what that, that's much what stuff, rules are for, yeah, right? But too much stuff gets missed. Oh, does it now? Bert, did you play hockey? I did. Yeah. Put the headset and, and on. And I bet you at no point did he play at a level that allowed fist fighting. Maybe, and maybe I bet not. You, I bet but, you he managed but, to restrain himself Jake, from braiding somebody Jake, with his stick. You have to have played the sport to know. I mean, you have to have played. Why right, fist fighting important? Will, will you explain this to Jake so he can understand it? It is difficult to explain if you haven't played. But, yeah, what you're saying, Gordon, makes, is 
rings true to me. All right, Bert. All right, I've played, and it makes no sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> the message there, Bert, is if you say something that Jake disagrees with, he's going to cut your mic. All right, we're live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Rudy, it's not. I like that he thinks he's the best defensive player in the league. That's the right mindset to have. No, no, he believes that because he is. Like, he doesn't try to convince himself he is. Yeah. In 2014, Rudy didn't come out and go, I'm the best defensive player in the league. No, Rudy was saying, I would like to be, and I have work to do to get there because he knew it was a process. Mm. He still doesn't believe he's arrived. He just knows he's the best defensive player in the league. You love this mentality. I'm sure it can be tough to get along with that type of personality at times. Yes. But you know what you're always going to get from You better believe it. And that is the most important thing for me. In any walk of life, that's what you want. You have to start from a standpoint of knowing what you're going to get from the person next right to you. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Come by and see us. Uh, and check out the great deals they have on mattresses, furniture, adjustable beds, grab some jazz gear. Uh, we just uh, we had a family come in, Gordon, that said, hey, we heard about you guys on the on the, or the warehouse on The Zone, and we're here. We didn't even know you'd be here. And they wound up getting jazz gear. So how cool is that? Here we are. All right, so come see us. Right now it's time for the Not Sports Port. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, I have a, a marital story here. Oh, boy. But before we get into that, let me ask you and Austin a question. Do you ever play practical jokes on your significant other? No. Do you ever, like, pull pranks or anything like that? I do not. Nothing? Why not? No. Because uh, I don't appreciate it when that's done to me, so I'm I'm kind of a golden yeah, rule yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, it can be playful, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I I don't like it. I don't like April Fool's Day. I don't. I, I'm not into it. You're just not. You think it's rude? Uh just not into it. Yeah. Austin, it sounds as though you may participate a little bit in these kinds of shenanigans. I, I don't go over the top with like elaborate plans or schemes, but my wife Whitney is a little gullible. And uh, she'll believe anything for a few minutes. So what was the last uh, time you tried to pull something over on her? Oh, I think the definition of uh, of a uh, uh, medicine that she was taking and that it was derived from a Latin word. I just made up some kind of Bolshevik, <laughs> and she went with it. You made up some kind of communist? Yes. <laughs> uh, but no, no, I'm not into it. But like, like Hans. Uh, Hans, what was the story, Austin? Hans called Hans Amanda. goes way they, too they were, far the other way. He, they were he called her up fishing? and said that his son had fallen in the in the reservoir that they were what? ice yeah. fishing on. And they couldn't get him out. What? Yeah. Oh, you can't do that. Hey, honey. No, I, <laughs> I think that's against the law, actually. Not just marriage, probably. Rock has fallen through the ice and we can't get him out. Yeah, I, that's- I, I have a friend. 
who may or may not have lived next door to me once, who his wife was in the shower, and he came into the shower uh, sort of recreating the scene from Psycho with a knife and came into the shower with the knife, and his wife not only freaked out, she fell to the, 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 the shower floor and cried. And I hope he thought, left him. <laughs> that is atrocious. If Oh, my word. That's what I thought. That's, That's abhorrent. I mean. Okay, well, let me give you an exa- another example. I cannot example believe here. Bowler did that. <laughs> A couple who have been married for like 24 years, Jake. Uh, and uh, they regularly play these jokes on each other. And recently, the wife, Kelly McGraw, gave her husband a bad haircut. All right. Her husband, James, who's a 40-year-old window cleaner, what that has to do with it, I suppose doesn't have much to do with it. To get her back, he got a tattoo of Kelly off of a picture he snapped while she was sleeping on an airplane. (laughs) And her head is all back, you know, and it's not a particularly pretty picture. She's got like three chins. And it's it's just it's not she's much more attractive than the picture actually was. So he took the picture into the tattoo artist and said, "Tattoo that on me." So, so the tattoo artist did it, and uh, he went up to her to show her the picture, and uh, well, the wife was horrified, <laughs> really, really angry at her husband. And he knew in that moment that he had taken it too far on this one. But now she has finally come around and says that when she sees the tattoo, it makes her her laugh. But my whole theory on this is that James is a complete idiot. Mm -hmm. Because you know what's coming next. Something bad. Something bad. And who wants to live that way? Kelly's going to get even. Yeah, that's rough. Who knows what it might be? So just be careful out there, all y'all, when you're playing pranks on one another. You never know uh, when it could turn south on you. Former jazz man Brian Russell will join the show. No reaction up next. at all? No, it is. Living life in paranoia would be rough, yeah. But this, 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 this you're, you're proving the reason why I don't participate in any of this. Yeah, stuff. but just little stuff, Jake. I mean, like what Austin did is just a little funny. You know. Hey, hey honey, I... Uh, uh, our son drowned ice fishing. Ha ha! That's funny. I don't think so. No, you can't be doing that. <laughs> exactly. Why do it at all? And don't be getting tattoos of an ugly picture of your wife on your or body. Or going somewhere. after your wife holding a knife. Not, <laughs> not good. Not good. Okay, little public service. Get this, Jake. She fell on the floor crying. <laughs> Former jazz man Brian Russell is going to join the show coming up next, but we are live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Don't forget about their Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway, and our good friend Race is with us once again. What are we talking about now, Race? Oh, a zone listener called in and said, hey, do you have any adjustable bases that could help me with my sore back? And we can. Not only do we have the beds that we've advertised earlier that are the head up and the foot up, but we also have units here with a power lumbar support. Lifts your 
your belt line area up. Uh-oh. Oh, man, that feels so good when you do that. And so let's do that for those that called in, and hopefully they'll be in this evening. I wanted to show you this. Take a look at that. There's the mat or the adjustable base right there. What's the price on that? Uh, 1500 bucks. That's just for the base. Wow. So what I'm going to do is a zone deal. For today and tomorrow at both our stores, a fully loaded base just like that. Okay. With all the bells and whistles, lumbar support, head and foot adjustments, zero gravity, you know, the lighting, the emergency, battery backup, all that stuff. Tom had a sale on this last week for 1499 Anywhere else in town, you'll pay $2,500 for this unit. Come in and say you heard it on the zone. I'll take another $200 off that base, and I'll include a 14-inch latex queen hybrid mattress. So you pay only $1,299. That's incredible. Boom. Take advantage of it. 1967 South 300 West or 86 East University Parkway in Orem. We'll have more coming up next. We're going to hear from uh, former jazz man Brian Russell coming up straight ahead on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. They've got huge auctions in Meridian. Right on the edge of Boise, they do some really big auctions. Not the storage auctions, but, oh. but sightseeing Oh, auctions. yeah, yeah. Because honestly, you go to one of those storage unit places up in Idaho, and it's just like, oh, yeah, you don't want that. All right, this meth lab goes for $100. I don't understand all these bottles of iodine. Wow. Yeah. You're going deep. I had a girlfriend that was arrested and put in prison for a long time. Um, so Wait a minute. No, you Wait know that. I know it. Uh, My first kiss went to prison for 30 some odd years for... It's true. A very large meth lab. That's kind of a rough first kiss. This kiss, this kiss. Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.